0: Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Erica Slater, and today I'm joined by Mary Simon, Elizabeth McNulty, Megan Crow, and Liz Lenneby. So I'm going to start this topic off with a poll. Mary, you're up first. The question is, business... Is it personal or just business? Mary, what do you vote?
2: Erica, that is wildly hard to interpret. Is business personal or just business?
1: Yeah, go ahead. It's a binary choice, of course.
2: I thought you were going to say, like, do you agree with the like the premise of don't take things personally, which I'd say, yes, I agree. But is business? I mean, I work with my dad and my brother. So is it just business? I'm going to say business.
3: All right. Elizabeth. As a lawyer, it's very difficult for me to just give a straightforward answer.
2: Gosh, I knew
1: that you lawyers were just going to have so much trouble with the binary choice. I
3: have a lot of follow-up questions and I would like answers to <laughs> before <laughs> answering this, but I will, you know, play along and say personal. All right, Megan.
4: I would ideally say business, but I think I tend to lean into the personal. Liz. I say personal, and do
0: you want me to elaborate? No. No. No one else got a chance to elaborate.
2: Yeah, if she gets to, then we all get to, and then we'll be here for six days. (laughs) All right. (laughs)
1: All right. Ladies and gentlemen listening, this is your Binary Choice because today's topic is... Do you take it personal when you are at your job? Things that happen in in your life, do you take them personal? Have you struggled with this? Have you taken steps to not take it personal? Mary's holding up a book. Yes, I am. The Four Agreements. Well, so I Googled business, is it personal? And came up. The first two hits were two articles that I pulled. And one is titled from the Harvard Business Review, don't take it personally is terrible work advice by Duncan Combe. And the other one from Forbes magazine is how I learned to stop taking things personally in business from Chris Myers, who is an entrepreneur. And I was like, what? This isn't going to be easy to talk about. This is not black and white. So I apologize for only giving this group of lawyers a binary choice.
2: Thanks for the apology.
1: (laughs) No problem. But it got me thinking about Obviously, several instances, even recently, you know, with opposing counsel, with navigating inter office politics and questioning is it something that you allow yourself to take personally? If you do, what are the extremes of that, or when is it a problem for you? Or is kind of that armor that we all put on of thinking, It's just business. It's not personal. Is that healthier? Is that a good way to practice? For us, it's so difficult because we have two equal parts to what we do. We represent a client who we build rapport with, the success of their case often has to do with knowing them very deeply and personally and understanding how their injury affected their life and affected their family's life. We even spend lots of money on, you know, working with outside consultants to help us deepen that understanding sometimes leading up to trial and the idea that you have an opposing counsel whose only job is to beat you. And to, you know, discredit your arguments and to take advantage of every weakness that they see in your arguments, in your case, in you. I mean, everyone has had some sort of personality trait or a time when, you know, you were obviously nervous and opposing counsel took advantage of that or, you know, used the fact that you didn't know the judge and they went to law school with the judge to hurt you or hurt your case or your argument. And it's hard not to take those things personally or be offended by them. So in looking at these two articles, it's so interesting because, and they're short articles, but I would say the thesis of the one, don't take it personally, is terrible work advice, is, and I'm quoting this, if we are to fulfill our responsibilities and obligations as executives and our potential as leaders, we need to take things deeply personally. And I don't know, based on all the advice I've heard over the years, that would kind of run counterintuitive to most of the advice I've heard. And then the thesis of the how I learned to stop taking things personally in business, and this is speaking mostly to entrepreneurs and people who are, you know, building companies and careers based on their own ideas. Entrepreneurs who take everything personally will fail. Sure, their business might grow and they might make money, but they'll be miserable So obviously, two completely different theories on how to deal with this in your day-to-day. So let's start off by kind of reviewing what has your personal experiences been or what's an example of a time that you either knew you were taking something personal and it helped you or you knew you were taking something personal and you needed to rein it in or kind of put on that armor of it's just business, don't let it affect you.
2: I'm happy to start this conversation since I said business and now I look like an asshole. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So this is what I have to say about this. I believe it has served me well to live generally with the understanding that what other people think of me is not my business. And I think that goes more along the lines of don't take things personally. I also am a self-advocate, and I'm not going to let somebody walk all over me or treat me poorly without advocating for myself. But it doesn't mean it's because I believe the things they're saying about me, you know, if they're bad or insulting, that I believe them. It means that I'm going to draw the line to tell that person to stop. Not taking it personally allows me to listen to what the person is saying and essentially make me untouchable if what their words are going to say are trying to get in my head or bring me down or mess with my self-esteem. So that's what I was kind of thinking when I'm saying business is whether someone wants to give me a ton of compliments or wants to try to tear me down, I don't think it's something that I need to project onto myself what that person thinks of me. But there is a line If it's crossing that line where it's disrespectful or it's rude or it's talking down to me or my client, Erica, when you were talking, I was just thinking about the moments in depositions or in communication with opposing counsel when Mama Bear Mary's coming out to (laughs) protect the client. And it's again, it's not because what the other person is saying, I'm attributing what they're saying to my client. It's just that it's crossing that line of respect. So overall, I'd say not taking things personally serves me really, really well in both my professional life and personal life. But it's not to be a doormat for other people. That's not what I mean by it.
4: I think there is a huge difference between caring about your work on a personal level and internalizing negative criticism or negative things that people may attribute to your argument. Before we started this podcast and we kind of Discussed that the topic was going to be don't take things personally. I was of the mindset of, of course, like you shouldn't take things personally. If you have written a draft of emotion and someone changes it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad writer. They just might have more experience than you. Of course, you shouldn't take things like that personally and internalize that and make that reflect negatively on your view of yourself or let it affect your work going forward. But then when, Erica, you sent around these articles, I was like, okay, this is talking about something a little bit different. This is talking about caring about your work on a personal level. And I do think that that is healthy. And I think we all do that in our profession. And that makes us better at what we do. And it keeps us motivated. So I think there is a line to be drawn there. Mary, going back to what you
1: said, too, and Megan, if we're representing someone about a personal matter, it's really such a advantage to us to kind of get down in the mud with them and talk about their feelings, how it's affected them. Sometimes we have to work really hard at drawing out that story, depending on, you know, that person's communication or what their style is. And I think it is such a discussion about, Mary, what you were saying, I'm hearing boundaries. Is important. Totally, You know, if you have the self-confidence, if you have the sense of self, no matter whether, you know, at any part of your day, if someone criticizes you or if someone, whether it's an opposing counsel or a supervisor, has something negative to say about your work, not internalizing it to the point where it affects your self-perception or, you know, reminding yourself that you're really good at this, you're practicing at a high level, so of course, there's going to be things you don't do perfectly. But Megan, what you said about, you know, if somebody like changes your work, a supervisor or something, I think there's a difference And the Harvard Business Review article kind of touches on this too. There's a big difference between that concept of not taking it personally can sometimes stunt your emotions or your ability to learn from something. If you use that as a defense or a retort like, oh, I'm just not taking it personally and then putting it out of your mind because maybe it's a little painful (laughs) if you step back into it. You know, you do feel bad about it. You might lose sleep about it. But taking it personally, if you will, you still need to let a little bit of that in to be able to say, you know, I have something to learn here I'm feeling disappointed instead of, you know, just ignoring it or I'm feeling frustrated or, you know, I have to learn how to take this criticism without going to that dark place where I'm saying like, oh, I'm not good at this and letting that go to self-doubt.
0: Partially, our line of work is unique in that we have our own little microcosm, our own little environment inside the office, right? Our own inter-office relations with other attorneys, with admin staff, with our clients. But we also have to often interact with outside attorneys. I don't know how many other jobs have the requirement, maybe outside of politics, where you have to constantly interact with someone who may be diametrically opposed to you. So thinking about do you take it personally and how do you respond and is it just business or is it personal? It's important to sort of categorize those two inner office relations as well as outside relations. What I wanted to elaborate on earlier and why I answered personal is because at least in my perspective, when you say business, and this is not a shot at you, Mary, to be fair, it was a deeply flawed question. On
4: purpose. <laughs> I'm, you know, quoting
0: one of the best legal movies, My Cousin Vinny, it's a bullshit question. <laughs> but why I answered personal is because I think in business situations, when people say things like, it's just business, don't take it personal, it is an excuse for bad behavior. Absolutely. And it just gives someone a get out of jail free card in order to treat people badly and to do things ruthlessly in the name of business without keeping in mind that there are are actual human beings on the end of every action that you take. And so I'm thinking right now of my experience at a previous job, this wasn't here, but the way that I got feedback. And it was really harsh sometimes the way that I got feedback. I think personally, unnecessarily harsh in a way that it almost felt like it was targeted to make me feel bad about my work. And how am I supposed to not take that personally? And, of course, the reaction is, well, look, we all went through it. It's just part of being in the trenches. And that's such a negative attitude to have. And I know the way I try to give people feedback now is I try to personalize it. I say, hey, you did a really good job on this. Here is how you can improve instead of saying, hey, you really screwed this up, you should feel like an idiot right now, which is sort of (laughs) the feedback that I got at my first job. In hindsight, looking back on it, even though I felt so stupid at the time, I know that I wasn't doing a bad job. I was just inexperienced. I was still learning. And if I had stayed in an environment like that, I wouldn't be happy, I'd be miserable, or I'd leave, and I wouldn't be a lawyer right now. So that's why I think... You know, especially in inter-office relations, when you say things like, it's just business, don't take it personally, I think it's shooting yourself in the foot, especially if you're a higher up, because you're devaluing the people below you, the people around you, and No one's going to want to work for you or with you. And that's never going to be helpful for you or the clients or anything. So I think that that's important. And then as far as, you know, relating to outside counsel, I get it. They don't have the same relationship to me. Their duty is not to me. I will say I think most opposing counsels that I work with personally are very decent people and they try to keep a professional. That's not everyone. But my response in those situations is I take those things personally, but I react in a business manner. Meaning that I remember every bad thing that any opposing counsel has ever done to me. I keep my list. I remember. It's like an elephant. What is it? What's that phrase go?
4: An elephant never forgets.
0: Yes. I don't forgive and I don't forget, <laughs> so,
4: but I don't want to
0: react in a really you know visceral way that shows that it's getting personally under my skin. I'll remember it. I will keep track of it, but I'm not going to show that on the outside because I think it is important to have
3: that business response. Two things came to mind when Erica suggested this topic for the podcast. When I made you all mad with my opening question. Yeah. Okay, first is that Michael Jordan GIF where he says, and I took that personally. I'm sure you've all seen it. It (laughs) It's the first thing that popped into my (laughs) (laughs) mind. The second, which I think presents kind of the split between business, personal, is my favorite movie of all time, which is You've Got Mail. And I think that Nora Ephron really sums this up in two different quotes from the movie. And I'm going to present those to you now. I would strongly suggest anyone who hasn't seen this movie needs to go see it. The basic premise is that these two people kind of fall in love online. But the woman is Meg Ryan. Kathleen Kelly owns a small bookstore she got from her mother. And then the man, Tom Hanks, Joe Fox, owns Fox Books, which is kind of like Barnes & Noble slash Amazon and puts her out of business. So... The first quote, which happens earlier in the movie, is between those two people, but she is asking online. She does not know that it's Joe. She needs some business advice. And he says, go to the Godfather. And he gives a quote about the Godfather. The Godfather is the I Ching. The Godfather is the sum of all wisdom. The Godfather is the answer to any question. What should I pack for my summer vacation? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. What day of the week is it? Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Wednesday. And the answer to your question is go to the mattresses. You're at war. It's not personal. It's business. It's not personal. It's business. Recite that to yourself every time you feel you're losing your nerve. I know you worry about being brave. This is your chance. Fight. Fight to the death. And then, unfortunately, she has to close the shop around the corner. And he goes to her as Joe Fox, and she does not yet know that he is also the person who gave her this advice to go to the mattresses, don't take it personal, it's business, which was basically his way of saying, like, do what you have to do, this isn't personal, you need to go to any length to save your business, which I do think is good advice and should be used in some circumstances, but I would agree, Liz, that it's not a license to act badly. So fast forward to she is talking to him after she realizes who he is. He goes to her house and he tells her that it wasn't personal putting her out of business. And she says, what is that supposed to mean? I'm so sick of that. All that means is that it wasn't personal to you, but it was personal to me. It's personal to a lot of people. And what's so wrong with being personal anyway? Whatever else anything is, it ought to begin by being personal. And I think that's something that's really important and kind of led me to my answer at the beginning of the episode on things being personal. Because I think that kind of making our jobs personal, how can they not be? And also it helps you get out of bed every morning and come here because the work is hard. But when you're kind of linked to it and you take the things that happen as something that matters to you, then I think that it's easier to get up and to continue the good fight day in and day out because it can get exhausting. And kind of as we've touched on, opposing counsel is coming at us every day and trying to wear us down. You shouldn't take it personally to where it consumes you, but you should take it personally to where you want to come here and do your best and fight for your client day in and day out. Because, you know, that's how you keep it going throughout the years of your career because... If not, if you become so cold to it that it's just business, I just come here, I clock in and out my eight to five, then I don't think you're ever going to, you know, maybe make it in what we do. And you're not going to really serve your clients in the best way that you can.
4: I like that movie as a reference point for what we do, because I almost feel like in plaintiff's work, we're often representing what we call the little guy. And we're going up against these big companies often. And it's kind of like the little independent bookstore going up against The Barnes and Noble. That is a brilliant analogy. Thank you for bringing that up, Elizabeth. I might
0: watch that movie this weekend. You have to.
2: (laughs) You know, I guess I know that I'm not mean, and I'm a nice person, so I can save business because I'm operating in terms of what I, Mary Simon carries, and I'm sure there's like some therapeutic deep dive as to like why we gave the answer we're giving, but I in my personal life and for anyone who's experienced like any sort of trauma or gone through something that you felt like you were responsible for in some way, like I guess I get through those moments being able to not take things personally. So it sets me up for success. Me as an individual, if I don't take things personally, but in the framework that y'all are talking about it, I can't remember a time where I've ever Said to somebody, it's not personal, it's just business. Like, I don't operate that way. I'm very empathetic and endearing. And I try to treat everybody, you know, across the board with the utmost respect. So I completely appreciate all of the examples that you're giving and why everyone said personal. Although, Erica, did we get your answer? No,
4: I was going to say that. But that's
2: kind of (laughs) where I'm coming from is for me to get through my days and my life, it's easier for me to not take things personally. But I have deep, deep empathy for damn near every person that I interact with. And I like doing that. I like being relatable to people. So I can't remember a time where I've ever like projected the Joe Fox onto anybody. But me, I can't carry what people's opinions are because it's letting somebody live rent free in my brain. And I don't got time for that. So I don't do that.
0: Well, first, Mary, I think your explanation might give us some insight into why the 2022 Bar Association of Metropolitan St. Louis is recipient of the John C. Shepard Professionalism Award. <laughs> so congratulations. And that makes a lot of Woo, sense. Thanks. Which is now my opportunity to get to my second point, which is asking a question for our 2020 John C. Shepard Professionalism Award winner, Erica Slater. (laughs) We're just a firm full of winners here. Professionals. Professional (laughs) winners. Erica,
1: you didn't answer the question. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I obviously wanted to uh, let you all come to your own conclusions before I just asserted my will on you all. Let me go back to the Harvard Business Review article, which is the don't take it personally is terrible work advice. It says, work is the place where I'm going to spend the bulk of my waking hours, indeed the bulk of my life, and yet I'm not supposed to take it personally? Should I accept the idea that the bulk of my life from 20-something to 60-something is somehow not personal? He goes into talking about when you're thinking about the people that you know are successful, they're hitting on that same point that you're saying, Mary, of you see people operate and they're not, you know, stone cold corporate operatives who will do anything and stop at nothing to win or destroy their opponent or whatever. They're people who consider other people's feelings. They think about how they give feedback. They never allow themselves to take a cheap shot at someone because it would feel good for them. And I guess my answer to the question, I mean, no surprise probably, is it's personal. And I am a person who at the same time can have my feelings hurt by an opposing counsel taking a cheap shot at me or taking advantage of a vulnerability that I showed, but at the same time have a deep sense of self, a strong confidence that I walk in the door with that you can't knock. And I've said this in a podcast before. My experience has taught me foremost than anything else that you can't touch me. You know, when we're thinking about opposing counsel and fighting cases and having an opponent, you can say anything you want, you can't touch me. But I still won't let that affect my ability and intention to be vulnerable and to, you know, Talk about my family if it makes sense or allow myself to engage or crack a smile, even with a difficult, you know, opposing counsel. I often find that when I can do that, it sets the tone, almost reminding everyone in the situation that, you know, hey, we're all just people trying to get through our day. We're fighting hard. We're going to go home at the end of the day and we're going to, you know, unload the day's failures and successes to our spouses or partner or kids or dogs or cats or whomever. And we're going to wake up and do it again the next morning. And to make that devoid of allowing yourself to feel the emotions of what we do, I think really could be a barrier to people sometimes when I see people operating and like you said, Liz, you know, taking the excuse for bad behavior as, you know, it's just business, it's not personal. I see that as cowardice. It's harder to deal with the emotions, to deal with the upset, the disappointment, don't let it go too low, but the little bit of self-doubt or doubting your argument or your case and channeling that into motivating you to learn something, to do better, to find a new theory, to make your case better, to defend your client stronger protect your client from that person, that's where I think you find people who are practicing with integrity and courage. Because at the end of the day, it's just so much harder to deal with those emotions and make sure that you are finding the appropriate balance and the appropriate boundary. The other thing I don't want to breeze over is I think for women specifically, especially in our profession, or any kind of high stakes, you know, opponent situation, politics, anything like that. I think sometimes women are thought to, you know, you're being too emotional if you're taking it personal. And I think that's a really easy thing to push back on. Because if you are allowing your emotions to inform your decisions, not drive them, then you're seeing a larger perspective than you would if you shut down your brain and just rolled through things, making excuses that it's not personal. Because that's kind of like the author in the Harvard Business Review article says, that's really no way to go through your whole career.
4: As we were going around the circle at the very beginning of this episode, I was kind of wondering if the responses would be the same if there were males at this table. Right. We almost all said personal. And I'm wondering if that would change based on who's in the room. I think that brings up
3: a good point because I, like you, Megan, work with some of the guys in our office more closely than with the women. And I think that I've had to kind of toughen myself up because they aren't as um, considerate of my feelings, I would say, (laughs) like more often than not, which is fine. I think that in a lot of ways that's helped me in my career because when dealing with the opposing counsel, those people certainly do not care about my feelings, nor should they. But I mean, more often than not, they're speaking to me in a Way that isn't necessarily a professional. And I think that sometimes getting really critical feedback, not delivered in the nicest way, has prepared me for those moments to go toe to toe and not be like, whoa. I've never been spoken to like that. What's going on? So I think that that sort of does prepare you for those moments. Could they be a little softer and kinder sometimes? Yeah, certainly. But, you know, that's a different topic for a different day. But I I will say that one thing I would like to give you a caveat to my answer is that when you're getting feedback, I mostly give this because I might be a little hypocritical because generally my number one piece of advice is don't take things personally, but that is in kind of when you're getting feedback or maybe in your first couple of years of practice, you feel like you're horrible at everything because you're constantly being told like, yeah, that's not good. This could be better. And it's hard not to take that personally. But I think when I say that, I mean like don't make everything about yourself because not everything is in a lot of ways. It's trying to make you better, not, you know, get it because our ego is kind of one thing that propels us forward, but it can also really hold us back. And I think that Not taking things personally in a context of where you're making them about you will help guide you. But in this sense, I think that making things at a personal level can help because it kind of humanizes our work and gives us that drive to keep going. So that would be my one thing when you're getting feedback, try not to make it about you.
2: Erica, I loved what you were saying in terms of, well, what I heard you say is, You can not take things personally and have a human response to words that are being said to you, which I completely agree with in that respect. And the book that I was waving up to you guys at the beginning of this episode is The Four Agreements. And I don't know if y'all have read it, but one of the agreements is don't take anything personally. And one of the sentences in that agreement says, immunity to poison in the middle of hell is the gift of this agreement. And that, to me, is you're untouchable, to your point, Erica. You can say anything you want to me, and I'm going to be immune to what it is if I'm not taking it personally. It's such an interesting thought process because it's how to be human and continue on this path of this job that we have, which is super demanding, and we're in constant communication with adversaries.
0: Something else that this discussion so far has made me think of is you know business versus personal when it comes to taking cases. Because that's something that I really struggle with. And I'm thinking of a particular conversation I had a couple months ago where a gentleman lost his son. His son had died. And I investigated the case for him and ultimately came to the conclusion that it was not a good case to file and that it was not a good fit for our office. But of course, we went through the conversation of, you know, talk to other attorneys, get a second opinion. Just because I don't take the case doesn't mean someone else won't. And he called me. And was very rude to me in this call, basically saying how I was dumb and how I was wrong and how he was going to prove me wrong. And I just sort of let him talk. And I understand I didn't need to. I didn't owe him that conversation. I had already done my duty as far as reviewing the case making a determination and then informing the client with enough time for him to go find someone else. I did not owe him that conversation. But in that situation, I understand that it is a grieving father who does not understand the legal process. He doesn't understand what analysis that we're applying. All he knows is that his son is dead and he thinks someone did something wrong to cause his son's death. And so in that situation, even though I could have taken it very personally, the names he was calling me, I let him go. I just let him talk and I let him say his piece. And at the end, I said, I understand where you're coming from. I'm really sorry we couldn't help you. I hope you prove me wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong in this situation. But I have to make a legal decision, which is really just a way of saying I'm making a business decision. And so that's something that the conversations we've been having, I feel like the consensus we're reaching is that. In how other people treat us, when we say it's business versus personal, when other people treat us badly, we're saying, okay, it's, it's business. I'm, I'm going to not take this personally, or I'm going to just let it roll off my back, or I'm going to internalize this, but at least not let it show. But in how we then treat other people we keep in mind that it is personal. And I know, Mary, we've been kind of dogging you a little bit for being the only business answer, but I'll say you're a fierce advocate for your clients and it is apparent that you do take it personally for them. I've had you come into my office before and saying, can you believe that so-and-so said this to them and that's so offensive and I can't believe that they went there. So it's clear to me you do take it personally.
2: On behalf of my clients. On behalf of
0: your clients. Exactly. Sure. And that's how I think that we as plaintiff's attorneys almost have to operate is we take things personally on behalf of our clients and then anything that happens to us, water off my back.
1: All right. Well, I have a dipsy doodle for you all because my takeaway and my thesis at the end of all this is going to be that these two articles and everything we've been saying about whether to take it personally or whether to shrug it off as just business and even the poll at the beginning of the episode are all saying the same thing. So everyone is trying to get at that point where if you take something personal or you allow it to be personal, it doesn't take you too far to one side. And if you say it's just business and you need to let something roll off your back, don't let that shun any humanity that you bring to your work. So I think the takeaway today is about putting guardrails on that idea, making boundaries to make sure you've protected yourself at your deep emotional core, (laughs) at least, but haven't forgotten your humanity. And bring your personal side to work, apply it to what you do, and you might get a lot of enjoyment out of that. So be a decent human, work as hard as you can, carry on, and there's no wrong answer. Thank you for joining us on this episode and participating in this discussion on Heels in the Courtroom. If you have questions or comments, feel free to email us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find your podcasts, and we would very much appreciate your five-star review. Thanks so much and see you next Wednesday.
4: Amy, Liz, Mary,
0: Erica, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you at comments at law. And if you love Heels in the Courtroom, check out the other legal podcasts in the Simon Law Firm Library. John Simon's The Jury is Out podcast focuses on lifelong learning to elevate your practice and dive into the legal drama behind America's first medical malpractice case against opioid overprescription in Results Don't Lie.
4: Subscribe today.